Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradium. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Redefining Success. Joining me today is Rich LeBrun, who is the founder, CEO, and works with the franchise consulting company. Um, I had the honor of being on Rich's show so to have the chance to return that gift and have Rich come on this show. I couldn't be more excited. I also, we'll get into this a little bit when we do the interview. When I started out in business, I actually worked with a franchise consultant and they were incredibly helpful. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about his story and his work. Rich, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, Eric, uh, thanks for the opportunity. We had such a fun time on our on my podcast and I'm just honored to be a chance, get a chance to be on yours. Well, thank you. Thank you. Rich, my first question is always the same. It's a Saturday afternoon. I've got the barbecue grill fired up. We got hot dogs and hamburgers running. I live down in South Louisiana, so we may have a crawfish boil going too, depending on the season. <laughs> um, but I've invited all of my friends over. My friends are my listeners. Would you introduce yourself to my friends? But please don't just talk about business. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, you have to teach me about this crawdad thing because I'm from Chicago. <laughs> I'm from Chicago, but I do like barbecue, so I'd, that would be fun just to start with. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would introduce myself as you know a businessman, but a father of uh, three, a uh, grandfather of five, with another one coming on the way in in awesome. February next year. I got twin daughters, uh, a great son, and. Uh, and I married my high school sweetheart. We are uh, we are together over fifty years, uh, and so it's been a wonderful journey. We all we live uh, within ten minutes of our family. Mm. Uh, we're a very faith based family, which is you know God is an important factor, um, and family is really the most important thing for us. Uh, business is just uh, an avenue to get us the things we want to do with mm. our family. I love that. I love that. So, Rich, when you get up every day, what are you most passionate about? Well, I mentioned faith, so I definitely, definitely uh, start my morning in prayer and, yeah. and connecting, you know, because uh, that's really the the root of my success. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, <laughs> if I leave that out of the equation, it's kind of a downhill day. I that. Agree. <laughs> uh, but I really enjoy, you know, um, what I do. Mm. And, uh, I mean, I am very passionate about. Uh, what I do. It's part of my story you know, yeah. and, and that I get a chance to share. Uh, and there's a purpose behind this. Besides just, I'm a franchise consultant, just be, besides helping people buy a franchise, there's a real story behind that, that I really get a passion about hearing other people's story and seeing how I can interweave the idea of business ownership. 
So do this real quick. Tell us a little bit kind of about the business. Like who's the ideal client? Who comes in to see you typically? Who are the people that you like to work with and things like that? And then I'd love to, from there, we'll kind of take and unpack your story. Like how do you even end up in this business and getting to live this passion out? Yeah, yeah. Well, our clients are generally twofold. Uh, okay. One is uh, we help people who want to franchise their business. It could be mm. any type of business that they've had operating for a period of time. And everybody has this thought, you know, a lot of people think Starbucks or franchise is not, you know, and there's a decision in the boardroom and mm. Dunkin' Donuts is a franchise and there was a decision in their boardroom. So every business owner thinks about things like that. And uh, so if they want to look at becoming a franchise, we help them become one legally and help them market across the country and actually part different parts of the world. The other side of the equation is people who are working. Okay. And uh, so, you know, it's time. It's time to uh, jump into the entrepreneur side of life. And uh, and they're uh, generally, although we have outliers, we're seeing a lot of young people today because there's a lot of wealth built in young people, but generally are, the sweet spot's been 45 to 65. Okay. Uh, middle management up to CEOs. So how, where did this come up for you? You said there's a story there. Yeah. Kind of yeah. tell me a little bit about what happened. All right. Well, I'm 68. So okay. I've, been doing, I've been doing this over, over six, almost seven years now. Uh, but at 60, you know, I was in, I was in commercial real estate for 30 years. Okay. That was, okay. That was my career. I was a W2 person, although I had some small entrepreneur ventures off the side in my life, but uh, I was doing well, senior executive, one of the largest companies in the, in the Midwest and uh, had a billion dollar client out of mm. Australia and uh, helped, they Came into the market in 2006 and seven. They bought a whole bunch of real estate. And 2008 came and uh, the market collapsed. They they didn't have as much fun anymore. So over the next six, seven years, I helped them dissolve their assets, which oh, was wow. good for them. Uh, at the end of the day, I was left standing there <laughs> without, without, a, without a client right. and, uh, at 60 years old. So I was in the job market. Mm. Okay, And what most people don't realize or they do realize is it's it's a tougher market when you're that age. So not many people are looking for senior executives in the market. If they were pay scales about half what you're making, the job was about half of your care uh, of your talent. Mm. And so, um, you know, it gets a little bit, a little bit lonely out there. Okay. Yeah. And you're going, and I go, you know what? I'm not done yet. You mm. know, I'm 60. I got a lot of, you know, I got a lot of energy, a lot of ideas, a lot of purpose, I got to do something and yeah. uh, not to get too dark side, but I, I, this is my turning point. And I, I laugh about it now, but at the time I didn't. All I, I would, I'm going to ask you to get as dark as you're willing to go. Right. I think that people learn from that. I'm not going to push you beyond what you're comfortable, but I think that every, my listeners could learn from kind of where you went because, and let me just tell you why, because I think a lot of times we think we're the only person who ever went through anything like that. And the more we can hear other people's stories, the better it is for us. Well, when you're you're 60 years old, out of work, and you're not done, and you got you got a future ahead of you, and you're interviewing, and it's just not happening. Yeah. And you go, Ugh. now we used to joke about it when I was working there. When I get done working or retiring, I'm going to go work at Home Depot. Right. right? Just that everybody that seems to be the common joke, right? So I go, I am getting pretty depressed. You know, I'm going, gosh, you know, every day I'm waking up and nothing's happening, and what am I going to do next? I had to actually study the word retirement. I had actually had to study that word because I was like watching all these news 
chaos about where you're supposed to be in retirement and everything else. And I felt like I didn't hit the mark exactly right and going, oh, my God, I'm, now what am I going to do? And and so uh, I found out the retirement is a man-made term. It's not a biblical mm -hmm. term. Yep. And you just work in, in biblical times. Uh, you just work until you die. And, and, but you did. But you did it with purpose. You just you didn't have to. You just did it. Yep. Uh, here, you know, you have benchmarks, and if you don't hit them, you have this social uh, stigma. Mm, that's good. So what did I do? I said I gotta go do something. I can't sit around this house all day. So I went to Home Depot. <laughs> so this is my joke, and everybody kids me about it now. So. So I'm interviewing across a young man who's just in the 20s, and I'm in my 60s, and I'm running a billion-dollar real estate fund, and I'm trying to get a job at Home Depot for 10 bucks an hour, and I got turned down, Eric. Did you? Oh. <laughs> I go, and all you left, I go, really? My dream of getting a job at Home, at Home Depot for 10 bucks an hour isn't going to happen, mm. Mm. Which, was the, which was the kick in the butt I needed, and I drove away going, Rich. Can you do something for twenty dollars an hour? Can you do something? I can go paint houses for twenty dollars an hour. Right, so what, right. What are you doing? So that got me on my journey to reinvent myself, and okay. uh, so I started looking at all variety of options, reading and listening. And now I now I categorize this easily for my clients. You got five options: either retire if you want to, and I didn't want to. Yep. You get a job back in corporate America. Well, that was kind of a headwind. I couldn't seem to overcome. And the last three has to be has to do with being an entrepreneur. You either start your own business, you buy a business that's not a franchise, or you buy a franchise. So I went mm -hmm. down all those paths. I went down every single one of them. I ran across a franchise consultant, mm -hmm. and uh, they started coaching me like I coach my clients. And um, and it's like, oh, I like what you do. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went on an adventure and eventually learned. I actually bought a franchise, learned how to be a franchise consultant. Did you really? Um, and now I love it because I actually wrote a book called What's My Next Move because I want to capture my story. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just know there's a lot of executives out there who are lost and they're in their 40s or 50s and, and 60s. And they're going, same thing I had, the depression kicks in, the darkness kicks in. But I go, look, if there's a world out there that you don't even aware of, that you can buy a business to help you get going. It takes a little bit, take some capital and yeah. you can get control of your life again. And uh let me share that with you. We may, it may not be for you, but let me just share that story and share the opportunity. And so I wake up in the morning uh, with that passion going, you know, there's people just need to hear the story and, and get an option to see if this is available to them. How tough was it for you with your family? I mean, would, I got, I'm going to imagine they were supportive, but I mean, what was that world like when with your family as you're walking through that season? Well, my family is very supportive. Uh, my wife is just a phenomenal lady. Uh, you know, she's always like, oh, God will take care of this. God will take care of this. Like, I know he will, but he's got to show up here soon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so she kept me grounded and she was very supportive. She was nervous when we, you know, because, you know, when later in life you're investing money and I know you're in the investment world, you know this, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes you have an earmark for something else mm -hmm. or investments were earmarked for something else. And now we had to shift and take this money late in life and risk it. Um, so she was a little nervous signing on the dotted line. She's a conservative woman by nature. You know, I'm the more risk taker. And, yep. uh, but uh she not, I'll tell you how the phenomenal thing. I love what I do. I got into business, did for myself, by myself for a while. The dream was to get a business where my wife and I could work together. We could travel. We could enjoy life. 
uh, and on, on our terms. So after two years into business, she retired from her corporate America job. She now works with in the company here. Really? And, and so we travel, we we work, and we do everything we're dreaming about. It's uh, so I wouldn't have planned this. And the factory was never on my radar to be in any type of sales. And I'm in consultative sales, which I love. Yeah. If I had to do it all over again, I would have done it 10 years earlier. Oh, wow. Wow. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric, for letting me share that. Yeah. Yeah. What I want to go back to, because this is a phenomenal thing that I know to be true, but I mean, most people don't. I mean, the concept of retirement, I think, is 150 years old. I'd have to kind of go look specifically on the dates. It's mid-1800s. Yeah. I believe it started in Russia. But what did that journey look like for you as you're like, okay, I think, again, the show is redefining success. I think right. that retirement means this. And so you're feeling like you're not living up to the mark in retirement. And the whole world has bought a lie about retirement that's not even true. So what what does it look like as you're kind of uncovering that and pulling that back? Well, again, the world, the world set the standard. You yeah. know, you have to have so much in your bank account. You have to maintain a certain lifestyle. And when you retire, by the way, when you retire, then you go travel on your yacht, go golfing, do something. Right. 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 Um, now, fortunately, my wife and I had talked long before this happened. I said, when we retire, what do we want to do? And we're not yachting people, although I like to golf. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. But we talked about volunteering anyhow. We talked okay. about volunteering and getting involved in, in God's world uh, from that perspective. But most people just don't have a definition, and 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 the society is defining it. So when yeah. I, I love to work. I mean, this is I mean, this is not a negative thing. I mean, I I love to work on my terms. You know, I always say this that I don't want to have to work, but I love to work. Yeah, I yeah. love talking about business. And I love meeting people like you, and I love you know doing the podcast and helping in the consulting world. So it's like, why would I rob myself of that joy? Mm -hmm. Because society said at sixty five you're supposed to be done. It's like, yeah. so when I took the word of retirement out and saw that it was a man-made term, it was a term and it's actually in the late thirties that they kind of created the whole social security system yeah. and everything else. So people kind of like, you know, rely on, which is really insufficient <laughs> anyhow to begin with. Um, I got to tell you, it really opened up the door for excitement mm. because now it's like, you know, some of my friends retire, which is great. And they look at me, I go, well, you know, I'm, now, right now I'm, I'm semi-retired. So we work. Three days a week, sure. uh, it's all we want to do. And in, in the business we love, we travel in the winter time out of Chicago to go to warm weather places, and um, we have flexibility in our schedule. It's you know our business is portable. I, I have a couple employees in, uh, across the seas that I get to support and help. So I turned something that was a negative, you know, idea. Especially mm -hmm. if you if you're thinking you're not hitting retirement. Now people are financially well off and and have other dreams, that's fine. And again, the question to me is, and God asked me, put a number on it, Rich. Oh, yeah. And that number keeps moving, you right. know, right? So without a pre-thinking, the thought process, uh, you know, that number is just never achievable because you'll just keep kicking it down the hill. That's right. More, adding more zeros behind it. So um, so I just redefined the whole concept. I'm doing what I love in the, in the way I want to do it with the people I want to do it. And getting a chance to meet people across the country and across the world uh, and have flexibility for my grandkids. And uh, so I, I think if people are listening, I would say just redefine it. Take the mm -hmm. word retirement out of society, find it, add it, add it back in under your new definition. And it, it's an exciting time. Rich, one of my mentors called it retirement. 
He said it's where you take off the old tires and put on new tires and just keep I love on it. Going. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I can tell your friend I'm stealing it. So <laughs> well, I've got another friend of mine who said, so long as you're the only one, I mean, once you've got it, it's yours. Say it your own way and now you own it. So, I mean, you, no credit needed, yeah. but I just thought that was great when he got ready to go. He's like, I'm just retiring. Yeah. Put the, old, put the new tires I, on. What a great visual. I'm going to go in, put you said tires on. I get another 50, 70,000 miles out of That's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Hey, I want to, especially since this is really your passion, I want to talk more kind of about the franchise world and what that looks like. Um, because, I mean, it seems really cool of you being in a position to help create vision for people or, or help people bring vision alive, maybe is the better word, right? Because they've got to have their own vision to really be successful at it. But when you're doing kind of your franchise consulting, maybe let's start with what are some of the greatest misconceptions of people who come to you that they don't, that they need to, they kind of, you had to let go of the stories in retirement. What are the stories people need to let go of regarding franchising when they kind of come in and, and start thinking about it? Yeah. We were talking about this a little bit before the show. Uh, if I walk up and down the street and said the word franchise, I'd say eight out of 10 people are going to think in a negative connotation, mm. not so much because they, it's because they don't understand the model. Okay. okay. And, and this is no reflection of the brand. I'm going to say Subway, for example. Sure. It's a great brand, very successful brand. But they can't see themselves being an executive, leaving the corner office and going down there making sandwiches. They just, <laughs> That's exactly mentality where they go. Right. And so I have to get them back, what I call, I have to get them back in that executive seat. Okay. And go, wait a minute, let's talk about wealth building. Mm. And you know, do you know there's some people who own 30 or 40 or 50 or 100 subways? Okay. And their little corner office is actually bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> they built wealth and then, then if you go on the internet and you type in the largest franchise owners you're going to see corporations that own thousands of them people target stores owns a thousand pizza huts. Wow. you know warren buffett owns dairy queen this is a a wealth building mechanism and i need to get that conversation back from oh i'm going to go make sandwiches to sitting in no let's talk about wealth building investments mm. And, you know, and how you can capitalize that, build a legacy, a lot of, a lot of good things that come out of it. Uh, and so the other piece is, at, I always tell people you need a bigger vision than the franchise. Mm. If you bought a McDonald's, McDonald's just comes nicely wrapped up in a ribbon in a box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You open yeah. it, open up the box and you got a McDonald's, you got a couple million dollars, you're in, in business. Okay. But there's top performers in McDonald's and there's average performers in McDonald's and they're below average performers. And the differentiation is, is you. Mm. Okay. So what's your vision? Why is that top performer, top performer? Well, a lot of them have a bigger vision. They have a passion in life. They're dealing in the community of hiring better. They have a social cause that's supporting it. All the dreams that you really want to have on top of why you're owning a business. Because mm. okay? a business only can do so much for you, whether it's a franchise or not. But really, where you get a chance to get excited, and I always tell people, you need to start creating a vision. Like you're now the CEO, you know, you're now the owner. You have things in life you want to accomplish, people you want to build into, family members you want to leave legacies, or you know, a cause that you want to donate to. Think about it from that perspective, and then just use the business as your tool. So when I get that excitement level back up, and I get them back in that CEO corner seat thinking, yeah. executive thinking. Then they take a breath and then I talk to them about investments and I tell them, you know what, your number one competitor, believe it or not, is the private equity group. They have more zeros behind their check 
Mm. Okay, but they're investing hundreds of millions of dollars in the industry because they can de-risk the investment. That's why they like franchising. So if they like it, they like yeah. it for the same reason you like it. Now let's now let's go out there and attack this thing from an investment. It may not be for you. Maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't be an owner. We'll find that along the way. But uh, let's get that idea of owning a business where it's supposed to be as an option, as just one of an alternative to investments. You know, we you know, we we believe in stocks and real estates and bonds and all those other things too. Uh, but it should be on their list to consider. Wow, that's really a powerful shift. I mean, you talk about redefining success and, and trying to plug in franchising a lot of people would probably skip that step without yeah. even realizing it's a viable option that they can should they should consider well and people don't realize you know they most people go oh, you know starbucks is a franchise it's not right okay? it's a business but at the end of the day you're buying a business i mean we talked kind of jokingly before a pizza place is a franchise the pizza place is not a franchise it's still a pizza place it's yeah. just a business it's a business model and sure. business businessmen and women executives can understand business models, and they can evaluate because that's what they do every day, yeah. right? And one last thing on this, Eric, the most fascinating thing I find about this. Now I'm talking with executives, and they could be again middle management to CEOs, big jobs, big corporations, managing hundreds of people, right? And I start getting them to talk about investing in themselves. Mm. And I got to tell you what, you know, I so when you go, if you interviewed, if I interviewed with you, Eric, I would dress the part, I'd look the part, I'd tell you about why you should hire me, I'd convince you. And then if you hire me, I spend the next 10 years trying to make sure you made the right decision. Right. That's easy to do. But I said, if you're now hiring yourself, it, it amazed Eric, the, 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 the biorhythms dropped. They go, oh, I got to invest in me. I said, aren't you that same guy? Her gal who looks the part, dresses the part, has its so same criteria, same success, same uh, accomplishments. Aren't you that same person? Yeah. Yeah. I go, well, why wouldn't you invest in you? And I know you mm -hmm. love that topic about investing in yourself. So what do you do to invest in Rich? Well, I I, I listen to podcasts. I meet <laughs> people like you. Uh, uh, I, I, I really try to keep myself... Uh, motivated and stimulated through other people, you know, because uh, it is lonely at the top, as they say. Yeah. So I, I try to do that. Uh, I definitely invest myself spiritually. Uh, and I could probably do a lot better job investing in myself physically. I thought <laughs> my, that's off the charts right now. I got to get that back on the charts. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's what I really do. I, I have a good group of people, support group, family around me, good group from my church around. So I, I invest in a lot in, in that type of uh, foundation building. And so business becomes important, by the way. It's just yeah. not the most important. Hey, Rich, what would you say to the person who's like, hey, you know what? I don't have millions of dollars to invest in a franchise. So franchising isn't for me. What would you say to those type of people? Yeah. And thanks for asking that question. That's the misnomer. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's franchises that cost $50,000. Okay. And there's franchises that cost way over a million. Uh, there's 3,500 brands, 40, 50 different industries. Depends how you carve them up. Uh, you can get into, you can finance them 20, 30% down. Uh, you can, uh, there's just so easy to get into the business mm -hmm. for a lot less than anybody would ever imagine. Okay. And so I would say, no, you don't need that. Uh, and by the way, I tell people, I don't care how much money you make. You can make 50000 a year or $5 million a year. I don't care. Uh, we can get you there and we can we can replace that income 
it's just a matter of how and when oh that's good so it's a joy it's it's really a it's a mechanism people should just take a look at now by the way half the country are designed by personality profile half the country really should not be business owners <laughs> and i always joke if everybody owned a business none of us would have any employees that's true yeah but we help them discover three things one is should you be a business owner period we help them discover that if so is the franchise model right for you because it's not right for everybody if you can't follow the system don't buy a franchise mm. but if it is right for you uh then ultimately what brand makes sense so okay. we take them on that journey and by the way our, our, our we do it for free oh, we wow. get I mean, to our clients, we obviously get paid by the franchise companies. It it takes them, uh, cost them no money to go on it. It's a it's probably the safest risk to look at from an investment standpoint. If they can devote about four months of time, it takes, it's very sophisticated, very sophisticated, very methodical MBA level approach. Rich, I'm going to take you in a little bit of a different direction because you've kind of, in one sense, the way you describe this, you've lived two lives. I mean, you had your real estate life. And I'm going to imagine, maybe I'm wrong, but the kids were kind of out of the house and everything else when you kind of went into the second life. Yeah. Um, as you've kind of journeyed through life, I'd love for you with this being the Redefining Success podcast, like what did, what, what's the biggest change on the definition of success you've seen through, throughout the course of your life? So maybe you thought success was one thing when you were younger, but as you've gotten older, you realize it's completely different. Well, as much as I was been a spiritual man for 35 years when I came to faith, I was kind of embarrassed that I actually had to redefine this thing. Uh, I didn't know how much I was counting on corporate America for my self-esteem. Really? Uh, as much as I, if you would have caught me before that time, I was a very spiritual guy and thought I had it all figured out. When when you lose something, you figure out what you don't have. Yeah. Um I re actually literally refined, redefined my success at that moment. I said, no, never again. My success mm. is going to be defined by relationship with Christ. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, I've, I've already gone down the other path. It was fun, exciting, but not fulfilling. So I still do business and I still make money and I still like all those things. But I, I have it redefined already that at the end of this journey, I, I want to be closer to Christ. And that will be determined if I was successful or not. Oh, powerful, not popular, <laughs> not but a powerful popular. statement. <laughs> and I think you would agree the minute you can kind of grasp that it's life transforming. It really, at least what I found to be true with that statement is it not only redefines things, but it actually, what I like to tell people is it brings more peace, believe it or not. It's very freeing. Yeah. It's very, it's on your terms now. And, and, and really, I couldn't think of a better partner, by the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like I have partnership meetings in the morning. It's him and I, him and I having a conversation about where he wants to take this business. That's it. That's it. I was, I was talking to an employer who kind of got this as well one day, and it was like, "So you got a payroll problem?" He's like, "Nope, Jesus has a payroll problem." I'm asking him what he wants to do about it. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, that's so good. Rich, is there anything we didn't get to talk about today that you wanted to make sure you shared while we were doing our interview? You know, uh, I mean, obviously, if we're talking business, I would like people just to just hear that uh, owning a business ownership, I'm just going to take franchise out of the word. Business ownership is a wealth building mechanism that should be some an option that you can consider to reach a lot of the other things in life they wanted to. And uh, so if they can just think about that, 
um, then franchise is just one of those options. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback on this. I told you before we recorded, I recorded a video yesterday, but I'm going to give this to you so you can take this out. I also want my audience to hear this. The scripture is actually very encouraging of us putting capital at risk. And if you want the example, Jesus gave two parables, which is really, really interesting when you talk about investing. In one parable, he talks about the parable of the talents. And in the parable of the talents, what you have is a wealthy man who entrusts other people with his money. And it says, goes away for a long time. And when he comes back, the successful servants have averaged about a 10% return a year. I've gone in and run the calculations. 10% is about what you get out of stock investing. So I'm like, looky there. I mean, it's almost like God has said, hey, I want, and that's one way to invest in business. But what most people don't realize is there's also the parable of the minus, which is a completely different parable, different location where Jesus was giving it different time. Mm. And in this parable, the man leaves to be made king, but there's also an indication he's gone for a very long time. And the successful servants in here 10x the money. And when I've gone back and looked at that, that's what business ownership is. Mm. And Doesn't so Jesus is using examples of putting capital at risk is something that God wants us to do in his kingdom. And so everything you're saying is true. And the higher return came from the people who took risk in business. You know, I love that, Eric. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you, if I can just finish, add to that, but one little piece. There's a world out there about what's called prosperity. Yeah. That's not the same thing. Uh, and when you look at building wealth and doing as you for the stories you just said, and you have a kingdom purpose, mm. then make it 14x, 20x. Because, <laughs> right. You know, when you have the right mindset, then you can just do wonderful things in this world for the kingdom. And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with wealth, nothing wrong with money. But when you think about it in the prosperity and what's in it for me, uh, then you get into the greed factor and all those type of things. So I think if you get the right perspective, then I would say I'm right there with you. Find people like you, Eric, to help help people create the 10x for a purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Um, Rich, if somebody's listening, they want to get in touch with you. They want to follow what you're doing. They want to find out more about franchising. They want to get a copy of your book. What's my next move? What's the best way for them to do that? Well, uh, they can email me at the rich at the franchise consulting company.com. I know it's a long one. Uh, they can text me at 847-912-4310 and make it even easier. Just go to rlebrun.com. That's my website. You can you can get all the, all the information you need there. O-U-R, our? It's rlebrun. Oh, rlebrun. Yeah, Got I'm it. sorry. Okay. Yeah, R for rich. R, rlebrun.com is the okay. easiest, but the shortest and easiest way to get there. Yeah, go to rlebrun.com. Make sure you get in touch with Rich. You can order your book there. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, if, actually, if they, if they go out there, just send me an email or text. I'll just send, send them a free copy. Oh, That's fantastic. Fantastic. Rich, we've come to the end of the show. My last question is always the same. I told you this question was coming. In three generations, what do you hope your great-grandchildren remember about you? Well, maybe it sounds a little cliche, but I hope that they would remember that their grandfather, great-great-grandfather was a man of God, mm. um, that they really cared about family. And this is a business one. I really love the entrepreneur world. I love to teach my kids. I did all over again to be entrepreneurs. It's not for everybody, but once you have that spirit within you, okay, then you're free. Uh, so I hope they would, my great-great-grandkids would be entrepreneurs, at least learn about it. 
Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Rich, thank you for such an incredible interview. Thank you for being authentic and open too. I really, Eric, you know, you're just a great person at large and I love getting to know you. Thank you for having me on your show and allowing me to express my, my perspective on things. Yeah. It's been a great show. Everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next episode. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavant.com dot com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.